millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Roper Report Extra Podcast. Um, it's been a little while since we've had an extra podcast with a fan. Uh, the Plymouth one got canned because of sound quality. The same did for Port Vale. I don't think we're doing very well here, but hopefully um, we do as well as our team's doing at the moment. Seven wins on the bounce, um, although some of them have been in the Checker Trade Trophy, which I'm still not sure if I massively count. We are recording before the Morecambe game, so it might be eight. I don't know. Um, but at time of speaking, it's seven in a row. Um, and it's back to league duty on Saturday. We're back to the stadium of light. And we're playing Wickham. Um, and we've got Max from the Wickham Wanderers podcast. How are you doing, Max? Are you well? I'm doing well, thanks. Cool. How's your season been? Uh, I, I'll tell you what, I think it's going better than expected. Well, than a lot of uh, us Wickham fans expected. We we thought if we're out of the relegation zone at this point, just before Christmas, then um, you know we'll be quite happy. And sitting up in 15th position right now, would say it's it's going quite well. And you started quite poorly, though, didn't you? It took you a while to get the first win. It did, it did. Um, and it was a worry at the, the start when it took, I can't remember how many games it took, um, probably good three or four, maybe. Well, we've had quite a lot of draws along the way. A lot of nil-nil and one-all draws. Uh, started off the season with a nil-nil draw against Blackpool. Uh, and I think, it's, it is, although it's getting underway now, we're on 21 points from 17 games, which we'll, we'll take. Um, but. I think, although we are, you know, sitting in 15th, we feel there's been a lot of games where we've drawn six games this season where we could have, you know, we could have got that goal. Uh, done that spring to the mind. We had a Oxford, a local rivals at home, and uh, also finished nil-nil that game. And we really could have, uh, you know, if we'd actually scored some goals for us, because uh, we, we do struggle with scoring goals. Uh, as I said, we've had a lot of nil-nil draws and a lot of, you know, win-to-nil losses. If we could have just got a few more goals in there, uh, then you know we could have had a lot more points, had a lot more points, and turned some of those draws into wins. And it's strange you should say that because I admittedly look at like the last sort of five most recent games, and it looked like you scored quite a few in the last couple of games. Is that kind of a recent thing? Have you rediscovered the scoring better. touch? It has got better, and it's um, mainly. I mean, I've, I've been on a a couple of uh, been on a couple of radio shows with um, uh, some local media around the area, and. Uh, the main reason why we started getting the goals in now is uh, mainly because of our, our big lad up from Akin Femwa. Now, at the start of the season, it took him, he went on a really long uh, scoring drought and it's just started to pay off now. And I think he's, he was nominated for uh, Player of the Month. I, I don't know if uh, the, I don't know who actually won it. 
I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was for October, but he, he didn't win it, I don't think, or, or he was just a nominee. But he, he started getting the goals and also, you know, started with the assists as well. So I think he's been a, a massive uh, influence on, you know, the, the goals we've started to score these days. And and what is it with Akin Fenway? Because the thing is, I mean, it's someone that every Sunderland fan knows and there's not a, a great deal of strikers in League One and League Two that have his sort of celebrity status just because he's absolutely huge. But um, if you're a fan of a team that he plays for, everyone seems to be quite happy with him. Um, what 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 is it about Akin Fenway as a player as opposed to a, the celebrity that he's kind of become? What, what does he bring to a team? So the main thing he brings, um, obviously, with his physical presence, he can hold the ball up quite well. He can distribute it quite well. And uh, a lot of players will struggle. A lot of the defenders will struggle to, you know, uh, battle against him in the air. So that's why a lot of his goals do come from headers or picking out from the air and volleying it in. Uh, and also he's got he's picked up six assists this season already uh, and uh, five goals in the league as well. So I think the, the physical presence of him uh, obviously does help when he's coming up against, you know, someone that is most likely going to be a lot smaller than him in size. It, a lot of them, I, I wouldn't say they, they shy away, but obviously if I was going up against him, I'd be a bit hesitant as well. Yeah, he's huge. He's absolutely enormous. I mean, when you, when you look at the size of him, because the first people, we, well, the first players, sorry, we've thought about from Wigan's perspective is obviously Akin Fenwa. And we're looking at our defence and obviously, I think Tom Flanagan, who's he's a great player. I really like Tom Flanagan and we really like him, but he's, he's very skinny and it's kind of almost luck that he's away with Northern Ireland this week. And I think we'll probably see Glenn Leuven's come back in, um, who's not the fastest, but he's he's certainly got, I'd like to think he's got the ability to battle with Akin Fenwa, but there's not many people that can sort of shake him off the ball. It's, I mean, I does he play up front on his own or does he play in, in a two? Uh, recently, it's been a, we've been playing a 4-4-2. Uh, mm-hmm. Early in the season, like I said, it wasn't the best of starts. <clears throat> we were playing a 4-3-3 uh, with the one single striker and then the, the two wingers the other side. But he now plays up front. You you might see either Craig McHale Smith or a newly signed player uh, Alex Samuel, who was in uh, Stevenage last year. Uh, he's been getting some game time, and what they both provide is they're well, they're completely different to Akin Fenway. They both are players which will just constantly charge after the ball. Neither of them have, you know, they're, they're you know, we're, we're, we're practically a League Two side. They don't have much technical ability about them they but they will run for 90 minutes on end and they'll they will hoof the ball up well they'll pass the ball up to Akin Fenwa and they can run onto it when they pass it back to them it's quite a mix of of experience and youth when you look through the team as well I mean there is names in there that I, I do recognize and as I was saying before and it's, it's absolutely no uh, no disrespect to, to like Wickham and, and teams in League One we, we've dropped pretty fast you gradually try to get used to which players are the danger men in the leagues and stuff like that. And I mean, when you look at sort of Wickham's team, there is a lot of like younger lads that I've noticed from, I think from Southampton, you've got the likes of like Jason McCarthy and, and Dominic Gape. Um, but then you've also got the experience of obviously Akin Fenway, you've got Mikhail Smith, uh, you've got Matt Bloomfields in there as well. So there's a lot of experience. Is that is that kind of the makeup of your team? You have like the, the old heads bringing in the young boys sort of, coming into league football, essentially. It does seem to be that way. It's, it's been that way uh, for the last couple of years. The same players have seemed to uh, stay. And I know Ainsworth does like to sign 
you know, being a been an ex footballer himself, only well, he's only practically just retired, and uh, he does like to bring in his experienced players. Uh, for example, bringing in Mikhail Smith, uh, Sam Saunders, uh, players which helped Wickham get promoted last season, and we all thought this season, you know, being you know mid thirties, can they do it another year in a higher division? And the answer most of us was probably not which is why there was a sigh of relief when we did sign, well, loan sign, uh, some players, you know, Bryn Morris from Shrewsbury, uh, Fred Onyedimba from Will, uh, Millwall, who have both, you know, they've been standout players in the team. And I think with a combination, like you say, of the younger players getting experience from these older players, it's been quite beneficial to us. And you mentioned Gareth Ainsworth there. And again, it's, a, it's another person who I, I remember as a player. I mean, I'm 32, so I remember Gareth Ainsworth very well as a player, um, QPR, for example. But he seems like a really likeable fellow, and he's been there quite a while. And it's it's not often you see your manager be at a club for, what, six years now. And obviously, he's doing well. He got you promoted last year. But he seems like a really likeable fellow as well. And I mean, if you add in Akin Fenwa to that as well, it seems like... You have a team full of characters at the same time. Am, am I assuming this correctly? Is are you big fans of Ainsworth, or is he? Has there been points when he's almost kind of, should we say, has there been times when he could have been getting close to getting sacked, or has he always been quite smooth in these six years? Because he seems like a well liked fella. I'd say everyone at the club, you know, really warm to Gareth Ainsworth, uh, mainly for his commitment, because there was a lot of rumours of him in the summer potentially leaving, filling the at the time what was the uh, vacant QPR job. Uh, and also he was linked with, I think probably it was with Barnsley as well. I might be misquoting that, but he's really like uh, player and manager at the club. And it's mainly because I, I, I sometimes think it's partly to, to do with the, um, because I don't know if you know, but Wickham, uh, I think us and Exeter, I don't know if it's Exeter anymore, but we may be the only um, fan-owned club in uh, all of the football leagues because basically a few years ago our, we had owners, but it sort of, you know, went downhill very fast and the um, the fans council of Wickham bought the club. Uh, so, which is why we don't have much income for the club and why, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't have much of a budget. But it's, um, I think it's the only now, the only fan owned club in the league and uh, sort of because it's, you know, like most football clubs, it's, you know, it's the fans club, but it really is with Wickham and the fact that they have a 500 club who donate to, donate to Wickham and basically keep them running. And I believe that the fans do get behind him, not just because we're a fan-owned club, but because he's, you know, he's, he's stuck through it and he's been at Wickham so long as well. And he's a lovely player, well, lovely player and manager on and off the pitch. I didn't actually know that about Wickham, that you were fan-owned. That, that really does show my, uh, my, my ignorance. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, we we ourselves have noticed a difference with our change in chairman, but we still have a guy who's a millionaire who owns the club, essentially. Um, and we've been lucky enough to have him on the podcast and, and stuff like that recently with uh, with Connor. I'm saying recently he's been on quite a bit already, like five times with us, and he really is bringing that community element back to Sunderland as, as best as he can. I mean, obviously, people listening will know what we've done, like changing the seats and stuff like that, but just for the purpose of you know where, where I'm coming from with what I'm about to ask. Um, but before you were fan owned, then was the how was the club before you were fan owned, and, and how does it change for you? What 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 differences have you found as a Wickham fan from moving from like an ownership to to fan ownership, and, and do you prefer it? 
Well, uh, so I, I can't remember the exact year Wickham were bought, yeah, but it was a good, I think it was about 10 years ago now, in the period of when we were owned by a private owner. had a, We had a relegation there and nearly dropped down to the uh, Manorama National League. And there was a, it was very worrying times. And I'm, I think there was also a hint that Wickham may be going into administration as well because they, the the owners as well, they didn't have much income to bring into the club. Yeah. I think it was a, a lifesaver really that the fans council uh, bought out Wickham and uh, managed to save them practically. I mean, I'm only 18 years old, so my, uh, <laughs> my, not my recollection of it, because I've, I've been going to games since I was five or six years old. Yeah. But I was there early era, and um, well, we weren't anywhere near the team we've sort of grown to be now. So essentially, you're in, almost your entire sporting life, you've supported a fan-owned club. Mm-hmm. There mustn't be many fans that have that, really. I mean, I've been, I'm, I'm only 32, which... It's not a great jump, but that's, at least that's what I'm telling myself from 18. But when it comes to the, the ownership that I've known, I've obviously known Bob Murray, at the, the devil, that is Ella Short, and now we have obviously Stuart Donald. Um, and there, there is something to be said about that community element, isn't there? Like it really is, it's changed our club this season, and there really is something to be said about that. Because we've noticed recently with Stuart Donald, we've had a lot more community-based stuff. The players go out into the community, we have a lot more access to the club as a whole. Do you, do you get that as well, or does it still remain quite guarded, or is it is that kind of part and parcel of Wigan these days? I say, being a fan owned club, it does. We still have that community atmosphere. Um, you'll often, you know, because you know we don't get too many numbers to games. You do see the same fans. You know, you'll you'll meet up with the same fans. Uh, just like any old club, you 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 know the chance, and they'll the same the same fans will be there every week, and it yes. sort of does feel like a, a big family gathering. Uh, we have our we have our terrace, you know. It's not the it's not the home fixture this time, but when you come down and visit, if you do, uh, you you got the terrace. Well, the the sort of the diehard Wickham fans who've been there for however many years normally are, and those are the people which you know have been there, perhaps probably all their lives, you know, supporting the club. And it does, I feel that well, the the fans and uh, the players as well, where we where they park their cars. I don't know. This is. I think I don't know how I'm going to compare this to any other club because I'm not sure about you know their, their parking whatever. But the the players park in the same places a lot of the fans will park. So uh, if you get early enough on a match day, you'll see the players pull up and you can easily just you know harass them by their cars, get a photo, have a little chat with them, which you know I've done in the past a couple of times to say hello to the players. And they are they are they're all nice people. And in fact, that brings me to um last game of last season. Um, our star player Luke 9 who is now, of course, with you. Yeah, uh, he's he's he was driving a. He probably upgraded now on his. I don't know what he's on for his. <laughs> but he was on a, yeah. he's driving a, a nice little Ford Focus, and um, I was with uh, my other podcaster Rory. Uh, went to the final game of the season, the promotion party it was, and uh, he pulls up. And we have a good uh, ten minute chat with him, and he's a cheeriest guy. I hope he's been able to bring that to you as well. Uh, but he's such a nice guy uh, and a brilliant player on the field as well. He really has. Um, just for, obviously, again, people listening will know this, but um, Lugo 9 was, he got the train after the Plymouth game because I think he was going to visit family and he got on the train with all the fans down um, back to see his family, I think. Uh, I think there were some fans going back towards like London. 
so you got the uh, you got the train with them. But Luke Nine is quite a funny one. Um, I'll be completely honest; I wasn't one hundred percent convinced on him when he first came. He looked a little bit rabbit in the headlights. Um, he kind of ran about a lot, and that was sort of it. But since I would say over the past sort of five six games, he's been coming on as a sub, and since he scored against Shrewsbury. Um, a game which I was at, and as he came on, I actually went, oh, not him, he's shite. And he scored within like two minutes. He's, um, I've got to be honest, he's really improved, but his personality is definitely something people have bought into. I, I don't know whether you saw it, um, but I was talking before about us changing the seats at the stadium, and it's been the fans that have changed the seats because we've had these red seats for ages to the point where the sun has died them like pink. It needed redoing, and it was, it was kind of a comedy thing after a while, and we ended up changing it, and he... Stuart Donald got the fans in to change it and some of the players came along as well and there's this guy um, as Luke 9 was changing the seat this guy said to him you should sign that just in case you make it one day um, and his face he just took it so well like but it's brilliant um, you can see that on Twitter and I'm sure everyone listening knows this anyway but again but Luke 9 did really really well for you guys I remember watching the highlights when we got him and it was we actually had really high expectations for Luke Nine. He, was, he totally seemed like the kind of Sunderland player that, you know, someone would run run themselves into the ground, get themselves into scoring positions. And yeah, it hasn't gone perfectly. He's not in the team at the moment, but he's you definitely feel he's starting to settle down and, and get in the team. But how much of a loss was he to Wickham and who have you replaced him with? Well, we're currently replaced him with uh, Bryn Morris from Shrewsbury. He's currently on loan until January. Uh, we've also got, well, we've got the a lot of, Older centre mids like Marcus Bean, Sam Saunders, Matt Bloomfield, uh, and I think uh, they're sort of. We need to. I don't know. It's it's a bit worrying because you know every you need a good centre midfield, and it's a little bit worrying that you know we're going to lose Bryn Morris in in January. Uh, I don't think Shrewsbury is going to let us have him again on loan as they uh, wouldn't let allow him to play in the uh, FA Cup the other week, uh, and I think. I think we are gonna. Well, we're gonna need to sign someone. Probably get a maybe either a free transfer or maybe another loan signing in January. But a lot of Wiccan fans would really love Luke O'Neill back because he was such a influential figure last year. Uh, that you know, if there's any possibility of uh, having him back on loan or whatever, <laughs> he wouldn't pass up the opportunity at all. I would have said potentially, you know, maybe sort of five, six weeks ago. But since he scored that goal against uh, Shrewsbury, really, it's been quite unlucky not to be getting a, a start in the past few games, to be honest. Like the, the FA Cup game down at Port Vale, I thought he might have played. But um, he, if, when he first came, he did seem to run about an awful lot. And he, he definitely has tons of energy, like bags of it. Um, but he seems really pleased to be here. And when he scored against Shrewsbury, he was absolutely chuffed. And I think... I think there may be an, an opportunity. I think he'll play tonight against Morecambe. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't, but he, he's edging towards that first-team spot. I think he's been quite unlucky that we've had Chris Maguire's been absolutely dynamite all season, and then you've got Lyndon Gooch, who's obviously an American international, and I think at the very least a, a mid-table championship player. And then you've also got players like McGeady and stuff who play in that position. But he's he's fighting to get into the team and he's coming on as a sub with 20 minutes to go and giving us that extra bit of energy and, and goal threaten. But going back to his personality, I mean, from him coming from Wickham, obviously, and the situation and, and the, the way the players are 
with the fans, as you mentioned before, I think it really has resonated with us as well. We we can see a person when they're an actual person and a human being who wants to be here. Um, so I think we really want to see him do well. Um, I think of all the signings, apart from maybe Chris Maguire, for some reason, everyone sort of took a liking to Luko Nine, even if he's not really getting in the team. But um, I've also just noticed as well, though, I think Luka Nine was one of the first, or all the first player we ever signed from Wickham or was exchanged between the teams. But And I could be wrong with this. I've searched and searched and searched to see if we've played Wickham before. I don't think we've ever played you before. I think this is the first meeting we've ever had. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, obviously you've been in the, the Premier League the last however many years. Um, and obviously Wickham, I've always been a, uh, a low table side. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this clash. I mean, I've... If if you wanted my prediction, I'm not too sure how bright it's going to be for Wickham. But you know, saying that, um, you know, we haven't. If you look at the teams on paper, obviously you've got, you know, like you said just then, a lot of players which you know could be playing in a, a higher division and probably should be, and you know, even have been in the past. You know, like Aidan McGee and Aidan McGeady, uh, proven Premier League player with Everton. Um, and I do think, you know, you although Sunderland have got the 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 technical ability, undeniably. You know, I think, I don't know what it is about Wickham. It may just be Akinfen when his physical presence, you know, some of the, the sort of, you know, no fear attitude that Wickham have sort of been playing with this season. And it's sort of shown with the, the two wins, well, the win and the draw that we picked up. Uh, we picked up a win against Peterborough. Were they, are they top at the moment or are they third or... Peterborough's dropped. They've gone down to uh, third now. It's, it's Portsmouth at the top. I think when you played them, they were second. But I think you beating them and us winning actually helped us go into second with the game and hands on them as well. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we also picked up a point, I think it was uh, late September, against uh, away at Portsmouth as well. So we've been able to pull it out against the big teams. You know, I'd love to get, if we could get anything out of Sunderland away, I tell you, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be very pleased. And are you are you going to the game on Saturday? Uh, I wish. We, I mean, me and me and Rory, like I mentioned, um, we really wish we could go. But yeah. um, I'm currently a university student down in Portsmouth myself, so I couldn't be any further away from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it's quite a, quite a trek. It's a, it's a <laughs> trek, but uh, yeah, we really wish we uh, could have gone. Um, but no, I don't think we'll be able to make it, unfortunately. But, and, uh, are you bringing many fans up? We are. We sold 450 tickets so far. Uh, I'm hoping that number is going to rise. And yeah. 450 for us away is not a bad not a bad number to start especially the you know the length of travel um it's gonna be a long old drive for many fans if if the number can get up to 600 650 would be you know which is is quite good away for a team like ourselves yeah and you know it's um I think I've said this a few times on the podcast, but it's, it's like it's it's nice to have like and, and it's not to say the Premiership doesn't have real fans. You know, you support the team you brought up with, but you really have to support your team when you're in League One or League Two and, and those sort of divisions. You don't really get the option to kind of just support them because the glamorous. You know that everyone you meet is there because they just love their club and they don't have a choice. And it's it's been really lovely to have like fans up who seem to really appreciate being at like a stadium that maybe you don't see in in League One and everyone's been quite gracious. Take us. Plymouth. Um, I'm going to take Plymouth out of that equation, who were, were very ungracious in our um, yeah. easy 2 0 win last week, but I, uh, of, of two weeks ago. But I've I have heard that that Plymouth, or at least their admin of, of Twitter, has a knack of uh, of being a bit unprofessional, shall we say? But um, that, that's kind of the beauty of League One, isn't it? It's not kind of like 
polished and shined like the Premier League, where everything's official and all that. You can actually yeah. post the occasional meme and the occasional gif. You love a, love a little bit of that, you know. But... Yeah, I did see that from something. I did laugh. On school the stats, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar's been on fire this year, and I think that's been just to go back again. Um, that's the change. I think when you you get rid of what is essentially an owner that really doesn't care, and you have someone who believes in community which obviously you'll understand from a slightly different perspective and I think that's very much uh, the difference that we've had this season as well but um, we talked about obviously the game on on Saturday you're bringing up what is a good amount of fans for for Wickham as well what is the feeling within the Wickham fan base do you feel like you can get something or is it and, and again and, and I don't want to sound Arrogant in any way, but with one seven on the bounce, uh, we're looking pretty formidable. We've got a game in hand on Portsmouth, and we're second off top, and we're only three points behind. Um, Wickham have been doing well, but you've lost your last two. Um, are you are you expecting anything? Do you think you can upset the apple cart? See, I'm not sure. Well, obviously, as fans, we're not expecting you know anything out of the game. It's not a, a game where you know we'd go into it thinking we're going to win. Yeah, but it's it's the first time for many Wickham fans that were actually going to a, a big stadium since we went to uh I think it was I think it was Wembley Stadium or, or White Hart Lane. And I think it was Wembley Stadium. Or was it White Hart Lane? I can't remember. Uh Tottenham's ground uh two seasons ago. I can't remember if they were in Wembley or not at the time. But when we played them uh, away in the uh in the FA Cup, I think that's the last big stadium that we've been to and Stadium of Light, which is a you know it's a fantastic stadium. It'll be a good atmosphere for Wickham fans as you know we're not used to we're, see, we're used to seeing the likes of Accrington Stanley away you know that's the sort of level yeah <laughs> um, but it's gonna be I don't know it'd be, it would be really nice to get a point out of the game but I might just be wishful thinking I'm not too sure hey, um, at the same time you know there is a again like I say we've won seven in a row and we've, we've kept a few clean sheets but I think at the same time there's, there's going to be someone that stops that run and I think we're, we're a little bit fearsome of Akin Fenwa, which I, I don't know if everyone will agree with, but I, I am. Like, we, we kind of know what he can bring and we know that the guys we have at the back, obviously, Glenn Leuvens hasn't played for weeks. We know Flanagan's not going to play. And, and Jack Baldwin, I really, really, really like Jack Baldwin, but he has this ability to just occasionally make a, a mistake. And I know someone disagreed with me on that the other week, but I, there's a few times when he's made just a bit of an error, like Watchdale at home and stuff like that, when he's just been knocked off the ball. But hopefully he's on his game. Um, I will ask you for a prediction at one point, but just before I do... Um, I always find it quite curious what, what teams from League One have thought of us since we've come down. If there's any particular players you've noticed that seem to stand out that you fear. Um, obviously, Akinfen was the one that we are worried about. There's no doubt about that. Um, but which players are you finding that you, you're not really looking to go up against or you think could cause you damage? Now, see, I'm not sure if he's been getting into the team too much recently or not, but your young striker, Joshua Meyer, I'm not sure yeah. if that's, that's the name or not, but I think he played a couple of games either. I can't remember if it was the last season or the start of, or the start of this season. But um, he looks quite a threat. He seems quite fast. And, you know, we haven't got the, the paciest team around. So any quick players seem to can run around our ageing defence. We haven't got the best defence at all, which normally does let us down. So I think, you know, players, if, you know, um, is, is, is Lyndon Gooch on international duty or is he playing? 
No, he didn't. Well, we don't know. Um, he didn't get picked originally, but I know that one of the wingers from um, the American side has pulled out with injury, so he might get called up. But as it stands, yes, he will be playing. Yeah, yeah. So him, uh, Aidan McGeady, on you know, he's a class dribbler. Uh, so I'm a bit worried for for our defence. So I do fear that you know, it, on one hand, it, it you know it could be a, a big scoreline. Uh, not in our not in our favour, but I do think you know Josh it, is Joshua Maher likely to play or um, Maguire. I think Maja will play. Yeah, I, I do think he'll play. Um, I think he'll probably flank him with with Maguire and either McGeady or Gooch, depending on who is fit with Honeyman just behind as uh, in like a number ten role. But Maja hasn't scored too many recently, but he's he's still got about nine goals this season already, so he's doing all right but it might be Sinclair it's it's kind of one a different player per week but I think he'll play on Saturday yeah yeah that, that's a I see so you've got a lot of talented players that have actually got a lot of you know technical ability and I think that's you know where that's the reason why you are where you are on the season and uh, in the table because you've got a lot of players which are you know technically gifted whereas you know us as Wick and we rely quite a lot on the individual aspects which you know players can bring such as Akinfenwa being you know probably the, the strongest player in the league uh, and also the fact that you know that we haven't got too much to play for us you know we've we've gone up we've gone up to the division and we're basically just giving it our best shot and you know aim our and see where it gets us yeah and I know you're on a, a bit of a time scale obviously you've been a uni student and all that I get that um actually I don't never went to uni as you can probably <laughs> tell that's why I'm sat in my bedroom in in my uh, my wife's onesie doing a, an early morning podcast but there you go um what would be your prediction for Saturday I'm gonna say a two-all draw I'm gonna put out there I'm not sure where the two goals are coming for for Wickham but... <laughs> I can Fenwa. <laughs> I'll tell you um, uh, if I give you a player to look out for for Wickham yeah I'd yeah say... go for it Fred Onyedinma, I think he's a superb player. Uh, he's a uh, he's he's our winger. Uh, he's on loan from Millwall, and I think he played Championship. Uh, I think he might have played in the Championship early this year. In fact, a couple of games for Millwall before being loaned out to us. But I think he's a he's so calm on the ball, dribbling past players. I think he's certainly one to look out for. Randall Williams, if he plays as well, uh, also a player which you know is um, a dribbler. He's really good. He can finish as well. Uh, so those two players, if anyone's going to score, bar from McInfemore, I'd say uh, Randall Williams or Fred Onyedinma. Well, our, our clean sheet record did go on Saturday against, uh, sorry, Sunday against Port Vale. So you never know. But you know what? I'm I'm going to take a 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've we've beaten teams right to death. And I, I'm going to say you're going to frustrate us. I'm going to say you're going to cause us a few problems, miss a few chances, and then we're going to bring on Luke O9. Last ten, I'm going to say Lugo nine gets us the one the win. I don't, I, I don't really think that'll happen, but it would be it would be interesting to see. But um, thanks for coming on, Max. I really appreciate you get up early this morning. Um, it's been a while since it's been a morning podcast, which is probably why I sound like a, a little bit more depressed than usual. I'm really happy. That people who've been commenting recently, I'm happy this season, a lot better than I was last year. Um, but thanks for coming on. Uh, don't enjoy your Saturday, but I hope you have a good rest of the season. Um, apart from when we play you. Um, aside from that mate enjoy uni and enjoy the rest of your day thanks thanks for having me thanks Max no problem so uh, the end of the Wickham podcast yes it is an early morning podcast just on, on Tuesday I'm recording today so before the, the Morgan game 
had to get up early to do it. But like the past few weeks, we just had so many issues trying to record podcasts um, with other fans and um, the audio not being perfect. And and that that that's the difference between me and, and the likes of Connor. He gets a studio these days, Mister Popular. I love you, really, Connor. He gets a studio. I I, I don't. I get my my spare room um and my my little podcast mic but i hope you enjoyed it coming back uh i'm really pleased with the reaction to the loric sauna um podcast as well which i managed to fit in between um i think the podcast i've really enjoyed listening to as well as a fan aside from the fact that i i write for rugby report uh the, you know the bob murray ones the the monday ones that connor have been doing as well i think I've really enjoyed listening to the content myself and I'm pleased I was able to contribute to that with the Lorik Sana podcast. And um, again today with Max, it's nice to have the the extra podcast back. Um, thanks for tuning into this one. There's no special guest with this one uh, aside from myself and Max. So if you're listening to this, thanks very much for the dedication to listen to the extra podcast. Um, I'm missing on Saturday, unfortunately. Um, I'm actually in Poland. I'm not actually at a game until Warsaw. Um, the one in the league that is because obviously we drew against them in the cup and we got Walsall two weeks in a row so why not have a week down in Walsall I'll leave you with that think about this is what league one is it's a full week in Walsall it's kind of good isn't it thanks for tuning in bye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.